This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. So what means most my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man with the plan, the guy who was with me this past weekend, and Ricey as well, out in fucking Wilmington, Vermont for my bachelor party. We were out there in the green state and getting ready to watch the green and white on the way back home. You know what it is, man. My guy, John Malik, with me as always. What's good, my man? How you doing? Uh, man, shout out to Wilmington, Vermont. Uh, out, we had an awesome weekend uh, out with your boys. Thanks for having us on the... Uh, the Knicks Jets etc. team was teamed up. Uh, we had an awesome time. We didn't we didn't talk one second about uh, the Knicks. We didn't really talk any much time about the Jets. It was a really nice long weekend before the avalanche of football. Man, it was for really sure. nice for sure. It was a great weekend. I'm glad that you guys came out. It was a lot of fun. Got to hang out with the homies and thank you for everyone that that came out and put it together. Shout out to my boys, Vin and Steve, for really co- for coordinating that. Shout out to everyone who showed up, man. It was a lot of fun. I, I appreciate all of you. Um, but yeah, man, it was it, it was just it was like a good party before the storm of the beginning of the NFL season, the true beginning. Like, sure, we had we had the Thursday night game. We had the Thursday. It's a te- Thursday night is always a freaking teaser for the opening season. It's really Sunday that you're like, all right, I'm glued to the TV. I'm watching my game after my game is over. Red zone on for the rest of the night. And then I got to watch Sunday night football. So, John, let's, let's, let's get into this though, man, because the green and white finally played. There's a lot of emotions running through not only you and me, <laughs> our video producer, Greg, probably Ricey at this point. Cause you know, he, he's part of the Jets right now. He's a, he's a closet Jets fan, but Jets nation is out there right now concerned and, and spinning their wheels as to what happened this past weekend and whether or not this is going to be the, what we should be expecting for the rest of the season because the offensive line was just oh dude yeah there's so, there's probably, there's so much probably there's the so biggest much. thing but there was a, but there was a lot going on so I'm gonna give you the floor start us off man where do you want to start offense defense special teams how do you want to start this thing off well so just to just to round it off like I had to get out of Wilmington at about eight in the morning so I can be home by the by the one p.m. start <laughs> yeah. and I was I was racing home and it had to be that I was giving you updates. Uh, you and Ricey updates because facts, I had to be facts. home for the 1 p.m. I had to have Red Zone up on one screen and the Jets up on the other screen. And how I want to start it off is exactly how the Jets started off, man, with trash. Let's talk about the trash that we saw in the in the first half because it was a tale of two halves for the Jets. But unfortunately, we were stuck with the first half. Um, that was our first introduction to the season. We had Sam Darnold going absolutely off, and he had the Robbie Anderson stuff going on. Christian McCaffrey was absolutely unbelievable. It looked like they were going to run us out of the house. However, mm-hmm. I, even as I was watching, Sam Darnold, he wasn't killing us. He wasn't killing the no. cornerbacks like you expected it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And on the other side of it, it wasn't like our wide receivers – which everyone was talking about was giving us really any issue. It just so happened that our offensive line, which is where we 
I guess spent our 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 quote unquote money because that's where we spend our draft picks. That's where we got hurt the most. And then our defensive signings are all out, right? So like that that's really where we got hurt. So as much as I am upset. You know, just like right off the bat, I am upset about this loss. I'm really happy we covered. I knew it was going to be a sloppy game. Like it was easy, easy under. I'm not upset like that, that how the Jets came out and played. However, it's just so frustrating that number one, our defensive signings are all injured. So if you haven't heard Lamarcus Joyner, our safety, he got hurt. And so now we're so depleted at the safety position. Thank God for Marcus May. Because, you know, that's where we got beat on Robbie Anderson. I mean, it was it was honestly awful how far away the other safety was from Robbie Anderson. Even Marcus May on the comeback was like five feet away. So that was terrible. But it just bothers me that we knew that was a depth position that we need to take care of. And that's what hurt us. And on the other side, it annoys me that where we spent all of our money, our defensive players are all out. And where we spent our draft picks on the offensive line, I mean, it just didn't really come about so like that that stuff is really what was killing me like as obviously as a Jets fan I'm annoyed right at the game like I'm just watching in the moment but that's really what was like internally bothering me that these you know units that we really spent our our time and effort and equity in like those were what was killing us like what was your initial reaction to the first half before we just jump right into what actually happened well, I feel like we should recap like the like the guys who were out who like were are were injured who are injured from our signings, right? Because we lost Carl Lawson, we lost Vinny Curry, we lost Gerard Davis, and we lost Marcus Joyner. All of the defensive signings that that they're all out. Then we lost Mackay Becton, right? And then we lost Brandon Mann that game. There was just so many injuries, dude. So many injuries, and then we have Ashton Davis on IR. We, we got uh it's just it's just yeah, it's I mean, just disgusting. The Braden man hurt. the Braden man thing was absolutely insane, dude. Our punter going out was literally our MVP last year. I thought it was hilarious that CBS, you know, brought that up right away. He was literally <laughs> our MVP last year. He was. They took notice. And he was out. And then the first ever play in his first ever career start, our place kicker who has never punted a ball before is all of a sudden our punter. Is our best punt. Is our best punter. It's insane, dude. It was actually bananas. I mean, the hang time wasn't really there. Thank God for him, man. Thank God he came in. He probably will. He probably had no idea what was happening. You know what I mean? Just like he had no time to be nervous or like think about it. He's just like, all right, yeah, I'll just, it's got to do it. But yeah, shout out to him and. You know, shout out, you know, you mentioned Beckton. I'll just, you know, talk about that real quick. We were, ta- we mentioned this for the last couple of weeks. George Fant has been saying for two years now, he does not want to play right tackle. He is a left tackle. And that's why once we brought Moses in and they were saying there is a real competition at right tackle. And once Moses won, we weren't surprised. We we're like, okay, you know, Fant is okay. And then once Beckton went down in practice and then when he went down again with the concussion, Fant jumped in there. And he did pretty well. So we were kind of ready for the Becton injury. So as much as it stinks that Becton got down and, you know, as you already know, he went down with that knee injury, looked terrible. He was crying, looked like a torn ACL. It turns out to not be, which is a miracle by all accounts. He's only going to be out uh, until Halloween or so. But we're equipped to go without Becton. You know what I mean? We're, we're fine with that, but we cannot go without Joyner. We cannot go without Ashton Davis. You know what I'm saying? We, we're like, we're depleted there, dude. And, 
that's what bothers me because we knew it was going to be an issue and it turned out to be an issue. You know what I'm trying to say? For sure. And I guess if you want my to go on my initial reactions without just the injuries, first half, honestly, I it was pretty ugly on the offensive side of the ball. I was not impressed for the most part. We tried to control the we tried to control like the 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 off we tried to control the uh, the line of scrimmage with our offense by trying to <laughs> run it, and we couldn't really we couldn't do anything. And I think it, honestly, when we don't have the offensive line to really have a rotational backfield. I feel like you need to let one guy cook and we let three guys cook yeah. on Sunday. And it was way, it, you can't give it to Michael Carty. You can't give it to Ty Johnson. You can't give it to Tevin Coleman. That's way too many guys. You're asking to figure it out. You need someone in there who understands that, look, I'm not getting enough time. I got to figure out how I'm going to maneuver this. Someone to get comfortable in that time. So with no true offensive line i think they got to stick to one two guys not this three-headed backfield this isn't san francisco where you have an offensive line that you just know you're going to get protection and whoever's in there will be able to run freely i think they got to stop with the three-headed monster right now choose your two guys and just go with them just go with them just do that I, i agree and i disagree because i agree with the with the system you know on its face and and i do oh, think sure. that what, yeah and I, and I do think that what we're doing like san francisco can work the problem is alex when i went back and i watched the six sacks two of them were because of ty johnson you yeah. know what i mean like two of the two of them were because of the running back so it's yes. not that it's, it's it's not it's not that because there are so many running backs you know like it's almost um it's almost like there's only one ball for so many guys type deal it's more of a we don't have any running backs that can block no, no it's, it's, it's really that simple. None of them can block, and it's, and, it's, and and that's a that's an issue, dude. That's a really really big issue for Zach Wilson. He's never got hit like that. I I agree, and but my thing is that it's not necessarily the fact that it's not only that the running backs can't block. It's the fact that we don't have the offensive line to really that showed to manhandle yet. It could change, right? This is that could, this could be an overreaction to the first game, and things could start to settle up because. I just heard, and uh, I just heard that Mikai Beckton wasn't really practicing for the last two weeks, and it was really George Font practicing on the left side. So that's why things kind of kind of yeah. started to look stable uh, once he came into the game and Beckton left. So maybe it will change, and Dude. maybe we can, maybe it will, maybe it'll be get it'll get better. But my initial reactions is the O line is still our weakest link, especially the right side. The right side was just getting killed all day long. And then on top Say of that. Say his name. Say his name, bro. It's okay. <laughs> I don't care that he's mad at us. I don't care that he's from New York and a quote unquote local boy. Say his name, bro. Greg Van Roten. You stink, dude. You stink. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. Like last year, he got mad at us on Twitter because we called him out. And then we said, okay, we took him down. We apologized, whatever, whatever. But, and then like, you know, this year they have the one judge drive piece on him. You know, they have stuff in the newspaper about him, the local boy. I get it all. Okay. Sounds good. We're, we're on board. Game one, you're going to kill our quarterback, dude. You're going to kill him. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. It's the same thing that was happening to Sam last year. Thankfully, it wasn't being funneled. It was just coming from the sides at this point. At least it wasn't coming down straight from the middle. At least it was coming from the sides. Much better than not having any time whatsoever with, with someone coming straight to your face. But that, 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 you're talking about that Ty Johnson sack. Literally, no one. Well, the Ty, that 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 was not only an issue on Ty Johnson because he should have chipped the edge rusher. Something, but something, something because he he you you I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I don't know if he was trying to get by and just try to get open real quick. But yeah, he, he did. He was him. trying to get open because he, he turned yeah. around trying to get the ball. I know, but I didn't know if he thought like it was gonna go to him like on a quick a quick check down. But dude, like you got to chip the the guy coming in. And also, like, 
we can get, let's, let's save it for like the offense defense. But my initial thoughts is the one thing, offensive line, still an issue. I know it's a work in progress. I see people out there saying it's Joe Douglas's fault. I see people out <laughs> there who are like, same old Jets, ah, da, 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 da. Stop. It's game one. Let's calm it down. Let's see what, let's see what happens. It's game one. Honestly, this game was the perfect recipe and we discussed it with Claudio. This is the perfect recipe. We're a very young team. We're the youngest team in the NFL going against essentially like a seasoned team. Even though Sam Donald's a quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, like the weapons, those weapons, they still know what they're doing. The defense is not spectacular. Their defense wasn't spectacular. It was more so our offensive line just didn't give Zach Wilson a chance. So it was just a good recipe for an ugly game and to give Carolina like the advantage, honestly, just to come out with the victory, which is what happened. But it was an ugly game. Uh, let's, let's really get into it. Let's, let's break down the offense and the defense. Uh, let's start off with the offense first. Uh, cause I really want to get into our, our rookie quarterback. Let's start off with Zach Wilson. Let's start off with our commander. I actually like how he performed, man. I, I was, I was pretty impressed. The first quarter, not so much. The way that he was able to bounce back in the second quarter really like it encouraged me that he's able to learn. He's able to adapt. He was able to figure out how the defense was attacking him and he figured out how to extend the plays in order to get his players open and to get completions to get touchdowns, man, and make something happen. I think though, what we did see was true rookie tendencies. And there were times where he was holding on to the ball too long. There were times where he tried to extend the play when he didn't necessarily need to extend the play, you know, just get the ball out. There was two huge ones of those for sure. Yeah. And like, those are like the rookie things, but he's a rookie. I'm not going to kill him for that. It's just those are rookie tendencies. Sometimes you want to make something happen. And I totally understand your offensive line's not doing a damn thing for you. So you're got you you're already thinking, I gotta do something. I'm not getting enough time. So to start off with Zach Wilson, I like what I saw. I like the bounce back. Um also shout out to like our coaching staff because it was giving me kind of gase esque type of first half, like type of not not necessarily the play calling, but just like, wow, we are really stagnant. But then the coaching staff adapted and they were like, All right. Let's adjust. Let's get some plays. Let's look on the outside. Let's take our running back. Let's get our running backs instead of taking them up the middle. Let's get them outside. Let's get some short, quick passes, a bubble pass, whatever, and let's get these guys going. So I like what I saw from Zach Wilson. I like the changes from the coaching staff to start off with. I want to hear your thoughts on Zach Wilson before we keep going down the offense. All right, man. So first of all, this whole rookie tendency thing, I agree with you, but it's such nonsense that they let – Shaq Thompson and the other linebacker from Carolina changed their jersey numbers 10 minutes before kickoff. Like, how ridiculous is that rule? They probably didn't know the NFL that there was, you know, that little clause, but holy crap, dude. How, how unsportsmanlike is that move? And no, it's, it confuses because you're preparing for a certain number. And then when you change the number, you're not, you know, you're not, you can't read the name on the back. I mean, and it sounds like nonsense, right? It sounds like nonsense, yeah. but Tom Brady, the GOAT, is the one complaining about it. So if he's the one complaining about it, even up till this past week, and yeah. you know this happened to our rookie quarterback, I mean, they, they, they knew the deal. There's animosity here, man. There's animosity by Sam Darnold, who a teammate of his from the Panthers came out this week. He said Sam Darnold wanted this game. He wanted to show them that you know they made a mistake by trading him. Robbie Anderson, Matt Rule, you know, Luvu was out there for a bunch of plays. There's animosity towards the Jets, and it showed, right? They're doing little annoying things like that. Fine. What even was more annoying, that Thompson absolutely killed us. He absolutely killed us. You're saying the defense wasn't that good? Thompson absolutely murdered us. He was breaking up passes. 
He led the team in tackles, a couple sacks, interception. Like he was, he, he was all over the field. We couldn't do anything about it. And so, I mean, a couple of them was on AVT, you know, our, our new guard, but you know, that's okay. You know, it, it, he's a rookie. It's a, he didn't play in preseason. He's still, he has to figure it out. He's going to be fine. You know, a couple of the sacks were from Zach Wilson extending the play, like you said. Uh, because he thinks he's Zach Wilson in college and he can outrun the, you know, the tired defensive tackle. It's not going to happen here. And so these are the things he's going to learn and he's going to learn them fast after he quote unquote from him feels like he got hit by a truck. And you know what I mean? That's going to stop you from doing those things. So initial reaction without Crowder, without Cole, right? Mims didn't play till this, till the fourth quarter for, for that one drive. I mean, he's basically out there playing with Berrios, who I, I seriously love Berrios, and and playing with Corey Davis. And shout out to Tyler Croft, our tight end. I mean, we are a tight end type of offense. Sh- shout out to the Carolina defense for completely shutting down our running game, mm-hmm. right? And they, they did own us in the trenches, both in the pass and the rush. Shout out to them. I'm happy Zach Wilson was really able to withstand the cornerbacks, dude. Like, the cornerbacks are really good on Carolina. I'm really happy about how he maneuvered them, uh, even though he you know, he made the mistake, but the mistake was to Thompson, right? Like yeah. it was it, 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 he, he, even the things that he forced were okay in in the secondary. There were a couple of plays that we had about four, five, I think four official drops. I really liked what I saw Zach Wilson, man. I really can't complain. I think he has a lot to clean up. I think it's BS what happened to him with the jersey numbers and with the coverage stuff. And I think that you know, kudos to them for picking up the second half, dude. They they adjusted. They really did adjust in the second half. And I was waiting for them to start running, like, play actions without ever running the ball in the second half. Like, okay, guys, if you're going to – and they started doing that. They started doing the bootlegs because they, they, they just started biting on the run. They think we're going to run every first and second down. That's what we're doing. And we finally adjusted to that. So that's the only issue I have with you saying Adam Gase stuff because, yes, I, there was Adam Gase-ish in the first half, but I was just praying that they adjusted and they did. And so that I was really happy. Like I took, I took Jet second half. I was taking them live, you know, with, with the spread. Like I, I was really excited for them to get into. I had, I had really did have faith because as bad as we played, it was, it was only a two possession game going into the second half. Like that for me was really relieving. We lost our punter, like our, our rookie quarterback, you know, they changed the jersey number and, and he, we couldn't have a running game. Our wide receivers are out. Our safety is out. I mean, what can what can possibly go worse? And it's only it's only a two possession game, right? For Sam Darnold, who got the touchdown yeah. of Robbie Anderson, like literally could not be worse on week one, and it was only two possessions. So yeah, I was I, I was really honestly optimistic going into the second half, as as crazy as that sounds. No, and like should have been like we were we were close, we were in striking distance. Um, even when we went for the onside, if we went for the onside kick, there's a possibility we can come out with a win that game. Yeah, that's like a half. Yeah, like half. Half. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a possibility, but unfortunately, it didn't come that way. I mean, so for Zach Wilson, I think that's. I agree with mostly. I agree with your points. I think you know the only thing I would ask for for him is just you know just to slow it down, just to continue to like try to maneuver. But that also comes with the help of the offensive line. So we got to. That's just still a work in progress. It's not an overnight thing. You know, Makai Beckton's now out. Hopefully, George Font can just go in there and just hold it down until Mikai Becton is in game shape and ready to go. And that won't be as soon as he returns. It's going to be a couple of weeks afterwards where we see him back in, yeah. you know, in true Mikai Becton shape. form. Yeah. Exactly. And then Elijah Eric Tucker, we're going to need him to step up 
And the right side, man, that's that's next year's issue because <laughs> don't you know, say we, that. No, it really, really I think, I think <laughs> it, like it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon, man. It's we already talked about Van Roden. It's not happening. It's not happening, man. It, you can't. I, I don't see how it's going from this year, from last year to this year, and seeing that change. I, it's going to be. A, it's still a work in progress. So he know, just has to be yeah. the only weak link. I mean, we can't have both guards thinking because AVT wasn't that good. Like week one, like if, if AVT, if AVT, but he's picks also rookie. No, no, I'm saying AVT, if, he, if he picks it up, which we expect him to, then if if GVR is the only, you know, if the, he's the weakest link, we can deal with that. You know what I mean? Because that's what honestly we, we expect to going in. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I agree, I agree with that. I guess moving on, like offensive the, line, we were the four for thirteen third down, bro. Oh, just hurts. It really just hurts. <laughs> oh man, let's uh, let's keep it moving. Offensive line, I think we've said it enough. You know. Right side really needs to step it up. We already know who the culprit is. Um, more, I mean, but more, even though Morgan Morris is than Bridgewater, bro, we're the only team. Yeah. We're the only team that got as much pressure as Bridgewater. It's not like it's not like we're yeah. complaining about the offensive line like out of nowhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Bridgewater won the game. I get that, but still, dude, like it, it, it's not it's not like we're being petty about this. We no. are going to kill our our franchise quarterback. 100%. And then it's going to be the same story that we had with Sam Darnold. If we keep this up, we didn't give him any time in the pocket. We didn't give him any weapons. He sinks because of us, and he's going to go to another team and kill it. Like it's just the same old story. If we go down this path, which I don't, th- I, don't I don't think, think we'll, we'll go down that path. I don't yeah. think we will. This is just a let's keep. It's a work in progress. We addressed one piece of the puzzle last season with Mikai Becton. We addressed the second piece with Elijah Varick Tucker. You know, he's not. We can't expect him to come in being another Mikai Becton and just dominating the offensive line being dominant at his position as a rookie. That's just not realistic. Very few rookies are able to do that. So let's keep that in mind why I keep saying it is a work in progress, okay? Morgan Moses was also a culprit. Guys were coming off the edge, too, and getting uh, to yep. Zach Wilson. So yep. he's not he's not clear. He's, he doesn't have a clean bill of slate either. I, I don't think really that's the right fault, slate. but yeah. But no, the right side was just a tr- yeah, it was yeah. from the right side, man. It was just it was bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zach I Wilson could also control the offensive line and make the proper adjustments too to say who to block. He didn't necessarily do that all the time as well. Once again, rookie mistake. I'm not expecting a lot. It's a wor- it's a work in progress. We are the youngest team. We are the absolute youngest team. I'm not. It's very hard for me to say we're going to go very far with a very young team. It is very much possible, but. I'm expecting these mistakes because we're such a young team. Yeah. But the guys who are veterans need to step up. Van Roten, Morgan Moses, Connor McGovern. Those are the guys that those are the guys that need to step up. Now George Fant. These guys are now seasoned veterans. They have to step up and help the rookie quarterback in order for him to shine. Um, so we talked about that. Running game, not impressed. Just not impressed. But that's also because the offensive line couldn't do much either. So what do you expect? It's the same old story. You're, if you can't control the line of scrimmage, no one can do anything. Wide receivers, Corey Davis is a stud, man. Dude is a brick house. Man was carrying guys, <laughs> shedding guys, got two TDs. Dude was phenomenal yesterday. So good. And you can see that he's also Zach Wilson's security blanket as to Sam Dar- last season, how Sam, like Jameson Crowder was Sam Darnold. So it looks like we should be expecting a lot for Corey Davis. And I'm going to say Elijah Moore as well. Zach Wilson was looking for Elijah Moore pretty, pretty frequently yesterday. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to complete that many passes, but. I expect Elijah Moore to get, you know, in rhythm. It's also very hard for a rookie wide receiver to get going as well. But it wasn't not that it's not as bad as like asking a QB to get going. But I'm expecting can Elijah Moore to get more involved. Sure, go for it. Can, can I give you a hot take on Elijah Moore? Yeah, let's hear it. I think he's Obi Toppin. No, he needs an offseason. He's too small. 
He, he he's going to need an offseason, man. I, I like him. I, re, I like what I see. I, I I could completely understand why the Daily News beat writer, our boy DJ, he really compares him to his favorite player, Tavon Austin. He definitely gives me Tavon Austin vibes plus. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think he will have plays. I think he can get like five touchdowns this year. You know, and, and I think that he's going to have like maybe 700 yards or like five touchdowns, like a nice, a nice, a nice stat line. But I think that he's going to take at least one year, one offseason in order to become Debo Samuel, which is what he's projected to become in this type of offense. Like if you watch Debo Samuel on San Francisco, what he's able to do, that's exactly what we need Elijah Moore to be able to do. And it's just going to take him some time. He's going to have to get a little bigger. Like I <laughs> watching him and Zach Wilson, I don't want to say they're small, but like, they, they they need to get some some hair on that chest, man, because they're not gonna. I don't know what they're gonna do in the winter. You know, I'm I'm hoping they're you know they're they're gonna be able to get stronger and more elusive. But just yeah, just watching them, they look like rookies. That's all I'm gonna. Yeah. You know, they just that's all I'm gonna say. You know, no, no, that's that's perfectly fine. I don't disagree with you. I say like, I would say like with the Obi Toppin, I think it's one it's one game. I'll wait. Before I, I give him that moniker, saying that he's like the Obi Toppin for this season, I, I have it's just game one. I think jitters, yeah. all that stuff comes into play. So I'll give him more. He only had was he had uh, he had four targets, caught one for negative three. So not That's a what great I'm saying. day. Like, yeah, he just, he just covered like you know, and it's fine. I but, mean, we, we said Carolina's number one asset was their cornerbacks. Yeah, and I'm happy that you said Corey Davis. You know, in the second half, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, he, he owned Jay's horn, you know, on a couple of plays, which is awesome. The, you know, the rookie, uh, unfortunately their other cornerback Jackson got hurt. Um, and that's where we started thriving. It's not, it's not a coincidence. You know, you yeah. know, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to say it, it all makes sense. And, you know, their defense was okay in the first half and our defense really wasn't good in the first half. I know we're talking about Zach Wilson. I know we're trying to hide the lead. But Sam Darnold really exposed us in that first half, man. It was looking really scary. What do you think yeah. about Sam Darnold, um, how he looked coming out? I mean, just in the totality of, of the first half uh, and how the Jets defense uh, what kind of reacted to him or didn't react to him, I, I would say. Well, before I go on to that, let's just say, let me just give Corey Davis his props because he went five for seven for 97 yards, three yards. But it wasn't the first yards. half, bro. It wasn't the I know it wasn't the first half. I know it wasn't the first half, but there was the adjustment that came in the second half, too. I'm going to give some kudos to him for the adjustment. And look, being a good player is also taking advantage of what's given to you. And he did that. So can't knock him in. I just want to point out that for the wide receivers, Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios end with the same amount of targets and the same amount of receptions, which is five for seven. Obviously, Barrios got less because he's a slot guy. He got he only had 51 yards compared to uh, Corey Davis's 97. So you can see his, who the, his is more important though. Barrios was Barrios yeah. is catches. that fourth that fourth for eight man that helped us Dude. go down to give Corey Davis that second touchdown man. That was that was huge. That was I, huge. I love Barrios in this offense, dude. Crowder, we need Crowder back and Cole so bad. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You can see. Uh, do you want to discuss dental men before we go on to Sam? No, Darnold? I want you to tell me about the first half, Sam Darnold offense versus the defense of the Jets, baby. Okay, I mean, I think the defense played pretty well for the most part. He got he got that he got that busted play to Robbie Anderson for the you know fifty seven yards. He was they were moving the ball pretty well to Christian McCaffrey before that to get the field goal. Um, but Sam Darnold looked fine to 
you know, good. Like he didn't really wow me uh, throughout yesterday's gameplay. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying that he was checking it down. And honestly, like, I'm not going to blame you checking it down to Christian McCaffrey, who's your best <laughs> player. Like what, 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 you, I'm sorry. Like this is, I, I dislike people who are like, he was only doing check downs. If your best player is your running back who can just shed tackles, like there's no tomorrow. Yes. I'm going to check it down and give it to the guy who can shed tackles and get massive yak. Like what, what, what concept, like, Oh no, let me show you. I can really do it with my arm. No, like I'm not blaming him for that. It's not spectacular saying that he's an Aaron Rodgers or anyone type of any type of guy like that, but he made the important plays he was supposed to make. He had some pretty good passes, not shocked, had the fumble uh, that gave us like, you know, the ball. And then we turned it right back over, which actually led to that. Was it that led to the field? Was it that, was it that one that led to the field goal or the Robbie Anderson uh, touchdown? No, uh, yeah, that led the, the turnover went, led to the, the field goal. It was the fourth down, you know, going for it on fourth down that led to the Robbie Anderson touchdown. But yeah, he did, we had to I mean, go for it on fourth, so. Yeah, I mean, he had a good stat line, but I'm not – I wasn't blown away by that stat line because it didn't look that impressive. He made – In the first half? He was moving the ball pretty well. I, I wouldn't – I wasn't like cry, – I, I wouldn't say I was crying about it, but he moved the ball pretty well. Second half, man, I think okay. I think he looked fine to good. Fine to good. I'm not like – Raising yeah. any arms, he looked fine to good, and which is what he is. Like I think he can be a franchise quarterback, and your franchise quarterback doesn't necessarily mean like a Tom Brady, but just a competent quarterback that can help you win games, which is what he did yesterday. So looked fine to good. You know sure. the offense, the, the the Panthers. Like I said, it was a perfect recipe for a very young team, and you even pointed out like they didn't look, they didn't have a lot of preseason games, like using Sam Darnold and having everyone together, and it showed. They kind of looked. Out of sync at some point. It looked very ugly uh, for stretches of their offense. Um, nothing was really happening. It, nothing happened until uh, the Zach Wilson interception that led to the field goal, and then they started to be they started to move the ball up and down the field. So it, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, really, the first half Panthers was everything I thought they would be. That and that, that's really why I wanted. To they be. are who they thought we thought they were. Honestly, man, honestly, like Robbie Anderson. Uh, Opening up because of the box loading up on Christian McCaffrey because he's killing us. That that's the recipe, man. And they ran it beautifully. And I, I, I there's nothing to hate on. The only thing, I, only criticism I would have on Sam Darnold is he just couldn't finish on on third down. Like once he got the third down, he just could not finish, man. And he had a similar style line to the Jets, four for fourteen from from third down. And he has Christian McCaffrey, you know. And they were up sixteen zero. And, you know, so it, it just didn't match. And like I said, their, their, their kicking situation is really not figured out. And so I would just be weary of Carolina. The first half, Sam Darnold really played like the Jets' Sam Darnold. Like, like he, 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 he's exactly who we left him as. He, if he has the weapons, he's going to perform. And he's going to regress at times. And I don't think we're good enough to really have him turn over the ball. We got a turnover, but like it's not, it's not something that we're not going to be ball hawks out here. And I feel like Sam Darnold is able to take take advantage of our weakness. Once our safety went out, he took advantage of it in two seconds. Like Robbie Anderson, you're so much faster than everyone on this field right now. Just take it to the house, and I'm going to find you. I mean that that we've seen that play. I mean that play was called for Robbie the whole time. Right as soon as he went back, he was staring at him. He threw it up. He knew it. And so I'm not. I wasn't that impressed. I liked it. With the first half, I wasn't that impressed. I'm so happy about how Bryce Hall played. 
I'm so happy yes. about how our cornerbacks played in that yes. first half, even yes. though we were getting crushed 16-0. Even C.J. Mosley, dude. C.J. Mosley looked great out there, even though we were getting crushed 16-0 and C-Mac was eating us. But that's really that. Those are my notes on the first half, and of course, Matt Amendola. Matt Amendola, he is my he is my MVP of this game, hundred percent. I don't even care that we lost, dude. Him come, we could have lost this game a hundred to zero if Matt Amendola didn't perform the way he did. Coming in there in his first ever NFL game, never punted a ball in his life. He had an interview. He said the fir- the first time he ever punted a ball was this past off season when he was working out in California with you know, some kicking academy. And now, and like he said that the new age is NFL teams want kickers to do both punt and kick. So he was just, you know, just doing it just, you know, because he was at the camp and it just so happened that the first game of the season, you have to be prepared. And let me go off on a tangent right now. And it actually has something to do with the New York Jets. I was watching, I forgot which platform it was on, but I was watching Brandon Marshall, uh, Ocho, you know, Chad. Ocho oh, Sanford, I, I, I know, I know, which, I know what you're talking about. Yep. And Michael Vick, they were, you know, they were talking and Michael Vick was going off and saying how when his first thing with the Jets was the first time he was, you know, demoted to a second string quarterback and he had to go and he said he had the best camp of his life that summer. We hear that all the time, but you know, it's coming from his mouth and he was behind Gino Smith, which <laughs> it must be really tough for Michael Vick to have to sit there. And the coaches kept telling him, you're not coming in, you're not coming in, you're not coming in until we went 21 down 21 0 to the charge in the first half. And then he's like, yo, you're coming in. And Michael Vick was like, yo, I was partying in San Diego. I wasn't reading the playbook. Like, ah, you told me I wasn't playing. And so he wasn't ready. And then look what happened. He fumbled the bag. And so yeah. the fact that Matt Amendola was ready to punt, I mean, he changed the whole game for us. Like, shout out to him. We finally have a kicker. I love our special teams so much, dude. It's crazy how much I love our special teams. And I love how we adjusted our offense and our defense in the second half. And I'm ready for the momentum going into week two. So before we get into week two and next episode, talk to me about the second half, man. I know you, I know you want to talk about Mims and the wide receivers and the, and the offense. Like start there, dude. Tell me about what you saw from the Jets offense in the second half, you know, after we put up that donut in the first. I, I'm curious as to why Mims doesn't, I know. Robert Sala came out today and said that you have to be adept at playing all three wide receiver positions and know them very well to get on the field. I'm sorry. I, this is where I'm going to push back on the coach. Your, your guy just came out and made like an incredible sideline catch and actually put us in position to give Corey Davis not one, but two receptions. And the second reception is what gave him the touchdown pass. So the touchdown catch, I should say. Um, he's a good weapon. We, we should use him. You know what I mean? Like at some point when your team's not doing anything and you see Zach Wilson just get into Mims and Mims has a really good catch radius. I think you just have to sometimes throw that like out the window. We're down some of our top wide receivers, you know, not as our top wide receiver, but we're down Jameson Crowder. We're down Keelan Cole. We're down the starting unit. Put Mims in. I get that he hasn't, he was sick. He missed some of camp. I understand that. But at some point as a coach, you have to throw that out the window when things are close and are in your direction. Like we are in scoring position. We were in this game the entire time. Denzel Mims is a very good football player and a very good wide receiver. Just use him. Just use him. Like I don't care that he doesn't know the entire playbook. So call plays for him, put him out there and put him in position because you get stuff like that. And you're like, wow, there's Denzel Mims. And it's so funny that, 
the broadcasters were like, well, Denzel Mims hasn't had a good camp, blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, he makes that spectacular catch. And you're like, yeah, because he can play. This man can ball. So just give him the opportunities, especially when we're down. I understand if we have everybody. I understand if Keelan Cole, Jameson Crowder, everyone, you're like, all right, Mims, you haven't had enough repetitions yet. We're not, we can't go to you yet. And you have your guys. But we're, we don't have our guys. Go to him. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the confusing part. Who is it? Um, let me, let me, there was, was it, I think Smith got a few more targets out there than, than he did, which really like threw me for, for a whirl. Um, let's see right here. Everybody, every single person. Well, I mean, Jeff Smith and Mims got each shared a target, but he got the least targets on the team. Like, yeah, it, it, it made no sense. He got one target, one reception for 40 yards. And yeah, I mean, I agree I mean, with you, dude. It, it, if he wasn't going to, if he couldn't get in the, I mean, here's where logic is just, it, it's just it, missing, dude. The logic is missing from the argument. He's saying that he can't, he, there's starters on the team and they know all the positions. And so Mims can't get in behind them. In this game, the two of the starters were out and then Mims couldn't play until the fourth quarter. I mean, the, your, your argument is it just, it just not there. You know it what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. And, yeah. and and Jeff Smith only had one target, but why is Jeff Smith out there even getting a target? Like Denzel Mims is much more talented than Jeff Smith. There, that that should not happen. Okay, I get. I I just that that's probably my biggest gripe with uh with the coaching staff on the second half. I think for some, there's always as attorneys we know like nothing's black and white. There's a lot of gray, and that this is a gray situation where you're like, you know what? We don't have our guys. Let's use let's use our most talented guy, okay? Let's just use our most talented guy. Even with the the what was it uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they had freaking Antonio Brown join the team, they had him in the Super Bowl. Like, yo, go! Like, you're talented. Go! Yeah. I, I don't care. We're gonna use you. You're Antonio Brown. You're talented. I get it. Denzel is not Antonio Brown, but he's still talented. That's my that's my biggest gripe. But I like what I saw from the wide receivers in the second half. We got the ball moving. Offense started to gel a little bit more, especially after you saw Mikai Becton went out and you put Fant on the left side. So it, it makes sense, especially as I pointed out earlier, that, that Fant was practicing more so than Becton for the last two weeks. So it was good. It was good to see them move the ball. You still had Zach Wilson getting a lot of pressure. He had to do a lot, do a lot of, you know, dodge, dip, dive, duck, and dodge just to get the ball out. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't like I don't like that. Um, but overall, offense was encouraging. They just need to tighten it up. I think they just need to come out. You know, this is the, this is the concern I said. Uh, even though, actually, it's it's a concern I said, but it's funny because the defense played well for the most part. Our offense couldn't get it going to give our defense a break mm-hmm. for stretches of the game. But this is where I said, like, once another team gets opens the floodgates and starts putting up points, we need Zach Wilson to start, you know, throwing the ball over the place. And our O line is not made for him to throw the ball all over the place. So we're we don't really have that capability of just hiding him and protecting him, you know, giving him the chance to really feel comfortable throughout the game. So this is, that was my concern. Um, but once again, offense looked good. What did you see from the wide receivers? And I want to touch on the defense a little bit more uh, before yeah. we keep it going. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm good on the offense. The only person I'll add is Croft, dude. I think Croft had a fantastic game. And I, I mean, if you want to ask me what I learned, from this offense is this is exactly the type of Shanahan LaFleur offense that we thought, man. They're gonna try to run it. They're gonna try to establish. And if they can't, they're gonna get Zach Wilson 
to air out the ball, even on the either trying to get out of the pocket if they can't do it, or they're going to play with the slot receivers and they're going to get it to the tight end. I mean, the offense is exactly what we thought it was. You want to get more in the defense? I mean, the, the person that well, nobody. Well, I mean, well, just to just to add on to your tight end point, just to yeah. throw in there, eleven targets between both Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft. Uh, I know, dude, crazy. Ryan Griffin goes getting mad targets yesterday. Gr- Griffin I got, went. Through, I got cut and resigned. Yeah, Griffin went three for six for twenty-two yards, and he had Tyler Croft go three for five for uh, for twenty-six yards. Um, tight ends are, are loved in. Uh, we're drafting a tight end yeah, this year. Yeah. I promise you. Uh, has to be, man. Yeah, has to be. Has to be. But yeah, man, go go off on the defense. Let's hear what you got to say about the defense, dude. The defense was the defensive line, also exactly who I thought they were. They are they were our anchor. We got so nervous because our boy Carl Lawson got hurt. Shaq Lawson didn't look too bad, dude. He did okay. I mean, we mm-hmm. we we, we no, he, nobody had any crazy sacks. John Franklin Myers got there once, but other than that, I mean, we just we just played team defense. You know, Delshawn Phillips. He led our team with tackles, killed it. Marcus May was there on virtually every single play. He had the rookie Eccles. He was good. <laughs> Are you going to make me say something bad about Redwine? I don't want to. I think he's in a bad position. But, dude, we we can't have Redwine starting out there at safety. We just can't. Like, our safety position is tough. Goodry had a crazy play. He was He was in the mix. So our slot corner nickels are exactly what we thought they were. Our D-line exactly what we thought they were. Our safety depth is bad, just as we thought. Our cornerbacks impressed the hell out of me, dude. They really did. They actually did a really good job. <laughs> they did a really good job, all things considered. Sure, they gave Robbie Anderson uh, the, the one play. Um, but then again, we were just trying to, you know, go all out to stop Christian McCaffrey, as he pointed out. But no, I was actually really impressed with how the corners played yesterday. And, you know, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, they're not – you know, DJ Moore is is a very good wide receiver. Robbie Anderson is no slouch. Um, I like what I saw. I like what oh, I saw yeah. from our corners. So, and our D and our D line, as you point out, with even without Carl Lawson, uh, even with yeah, even without Carl Lawson, we still held. Like we still did a pretty good job. Um, Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey, so I'm not shocked that he was able to put up. What is it? I got it right here. Christian McCaffrey was able to put up. 98 yards off of 21 attempts. And then he also got 89 yards receiving off of uh, nine receptions, but that's Christian McCaffrey. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not expecting the O line to go out there and stop him in the receiving, but for rushing to keep him under a hundred yards for Christian McCaffrey, pretty impressed since this is not like our, st- our starting D line. And we don't have Gerard Davis. We don't have, yeah. we will <laughs> Let's say two, two rookie, two rookie linebackers. And not only did they, I mean, it didn't feel like they stopped Christian McCaffrey, no. Because of the fir- because the first half was a waterfall, but the yeah. second half they they actually did adjust and they were rookies and I've been crying about it all year. And first game we stopped the tight end, dude. We stopped the- we stopped the tight end. So shout out to the linebackers. They had arguably the hardest position, right? That they have to guard Christian McCaffrey, who does everything. He's so fast. Shout out to Christian McCaffrey for coming back off an injury. Like he didn't miss a single second of anything, right? Like if you see Chuba Hubbard on the other side, come out and just look like he's like 75 miles per hour slower. It's hilarious how fast Christian McCaffrey is uh, and how good he is. But yeah, I'm, I'm honestly impressed with our defense. I, I think that we are just really slacking at safety, mm-hmm. looking at a little bit ahead. We are going to drop. Uh, a 
preview episode versus the Patriots, but just looking a little bit ahead, we're kind of built to play the Patriots. I mean, That's they don't I have said. any, yeah, they don't have any crazy wide receivers. Uh, their tight ends do eat. So we're, we're going to have, we're going to have to figure out what to do with their two tight end sets. Uh, sometimes even three tight end sets. They're going to run it a lot. Uh, we just have to deal with Christian McCaffrey. So we kind of have an edge up there, I feel like. Uh, but yeah, it's just going to be really stopping their, uh, defensive line and their front seven. And I, sure. I, I feel like we, I feel like, I feel like it's just going to be an, a very, very similar game to this it's Carolina gonna, game. It's going to be a very ugly game. And I think the Jets, like I said, when we had Claudio on, I feel like this is a game that the Jets can win. I didn't, I wasn't impressed by the Patriots. Like I was watching a little bit of that game against the Dolphins. Like yeah, I went back and watched it. Mac Jones didn't really like wow me, you know. Defense, take, defense. The best, the best quarterback, rookie quarterback yesterday was Zach Wilson. I don't even think it's close. I can, I, you don't think Trevor, cause Trevor Lawrence had a game. Wasn't even close. Know. Trevor Lawrence was terrible. Urban Meyer wants to quit today. I'm not, I'm not even joking. That's okay. how bad the Jacksonville Jaguars are. They're a joke. Like we've been saying all year. Yep. Shout out to Jeremy Shad. Hey, I told you, man, Urban Meyer is the reason for Ohio State quarterbacks being so bad. He's, uh, to gimmicky coach, but Urban Meyer stinks. I'll, I'll say this. Um, I don't think the Patriots, we were going to talk, we're going to talk about more of that, uh, this week with our guests, but yeah, I'm not too worried about the Patriots. They're not, their defense is solid. The offense is meh. We're on to New England, meh. baby. We're on to on New to England. The- Give me one and one in the Jets home opener on MetLife, baby. Let's go. But John, before, I, I don't know if you got anything else. I think that's it for our, for a recap. That's it. Tell our friends how we can, how they can get on that Madden. Yeah, man, we still got this Madden giveaway, so make sure to like, subscribe. Well, really just subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please like the videos and hit that notification bell because you're all so kind. I know you guys are so kind. So make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow us on either Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you're most active. Send us an email, screenshot both that you subscribe to the YouTube channel and to our our, uh, our social media page. Like I said, one of the three, you don't have to do all of them. Email it to us. Tell us which tell us which console you have, whether it's the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and then you can be entered to it, entered in to win a Madden. Which one? MVP which version. one do we got? MVP twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. The Madden MVP twenty twenty two version. So once again, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on either Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Send a screenshot of both that you subscribe and follow us on one of the social media platforms. Send an email with the console preference, and then you're entered in to win this Madden, to potentially win this Madden giveaway. All right. But John, on top of that, we out of here. So you know what that means. Yeah. On top of that, if you haven't checked out the Winnings Picks Weekly YouTube and Spotify podcast, I mean, best bets. I went two for a while. We won't really talk about uh, how Greg did. We'll talk about more of that in the episode, but our full slate, we did pretty well. Uh, our season bets, including Greg's future bets, looking pretty good. So, some free money on Winnings Picks Weekly coming out uh, this week. So, check it out. Yeah, make sure to go to Anchor, Spotify. It's coming on all other podcast platforms. It should be running up on Apple uh, soon enough. But these guys are very entertaining. John and our video producer, Greg, they really they really love sports betting. They really have a way and, a, and an in-depth knowledge of it. So, please make sure to go check out Winning Picks Weekly. It's a very fun podcast. I tell you, I turned it on 
I was just engaged throughout the entire time. I couldn't turn it off. I re I listen re listened to it all the time, and these guys were, were pretty accurate. Although I will say, Greg, uh, I don't know about the Jacksonville Jaguars pick, but uh, <laughs> it, it, I, I will say that was a very good listen. You guys are you guys are pretty much on the money with your picks, so definitely make sure to go check out Winning Picks Weekly. Um, but yeah, let's go, let's go, Jets, it. baby, let's go. let's go. But wait, but wait, John, we got we got to do the call to action too before we get out of here. We got to do the call to action because you know what it is. So if you're, if you're listening to us on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe, hit that like button, and to hit that notification bell. Be the polite person that you are. It helps us oh so greatly. On top of that, if you don't watch us on YouTube and you're listening to us on a podcast format, Apple Podcasts to be specific, give us that five-star rating and leave us a comment, please. And if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, it's okay. We're on Stitcher, Amazon Alexa, Google Play. You name it, we're there. All right. And then please follow us on all social media platforms Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We got our producer making some cool Nick's content coming out for TikTok. So don't worry. That's that that platform will be up and running pretty soon. Uh, but thank you everyone for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. We'll catch you later this week for another Knicks episode and another Jets episode. Welcome to New England, baby. Let's go, Jets. <laughs>